The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. First, the riots over the weekend saw many restaurants close, with those that remained open facing cancellations as people attempted to avoid Dublin city centre. It's the latest deterrent to eating out in Ireland's capital, with the restaurant industry warning that more and more businesses will be forced to close come January. Joining me for more on this is Adrian Cummins, CEO of the Restaurants Association of Ireland and treasurer of an outfit called Hot Rec. Hot Rec, maybe. It's hotels, restaurants, bars and cafes in Europe. And we're also joined in studio by Martin Hart, CEO of the Temple Bar Company. Good morning and welcome to you both. Um, Adrian, first of all, new title you have in addition to the first one. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Pat. I also represent the restaurant industry across Europe. Um, we've not, we've, uh, we lobby in Brussels in terms of legislation and I have an in- insight into how, how the rest of Europe is is uh, performing in term of, uh, terms of re- mm. restaurants and I'm able to articulate that to European yeah. uh, MAPs, etc. Okay. And how should I pronounce that? Hotrek. Hotrek. Because Hotrek sounds like a burning bus on Dublin city centre. So uh, Hotrek is probably a better way, way to describe it. Now, uh, talk to me about what's happening in uh, the industry, first of all, before the catastrophe of last Thursday night, and following it? Well, Pat, the industry is going through um, difficult times economically. We saw the increase in the VAT rate in, in September from 9 to 13.5%. We also seen the cost of energy increase over the last number of, of months, uh, the cost of food inputs coming into the restaurant industry, and the cost of wage inflation also. So these are all things that restaurants need to deal with and, on a daily basis. Coming down the tracks of us in January is the minimum minimum wage increase of of twelve point four percent, which is basically wage inflation. Uh, while we want to make sure that we pay our staff accordingly, it's that level of pay 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 increase that you know we're going to see businesses that won't be able to do that, and they'll have to yeah. close their doors. Okay, so and you were you were looking at the situation before the riots happened last Thursday night, and thinking that for many of your members it was looking bleak. Absolutely. And then you finally, you also have uh, warehouse tax due next year of nearly 440 million, specifically for accommodation and food services. So there's a lot of money due to the state where businesses will ha- need to pay it from May of next year. So these are all the issues coming down the tracks at us. Uh, we can see that the consumer is pulling back in terms of the number of times that they're going out to eat out. We saw that in the Borbia report launched nearly two weeks ago, mm. that their research show that consumers are not eating out as much as, as, as they did. So these are they're, they're some, of the, some of the issues. And then to crown it all, uh, last Thursday was a devastating day for business and hospitality in, in Dublin and the capital city. And we're trying to recover from that. We saw a substantial number of bookings yeah. cancel on Friday, but that's coming back now. We think But uh, I just want to put it to you, Adrian, that opening up a restaurant, a coffee bar, a cafe has always been a hazardous occupation. I mean, uh, how many of them actually ever thrive, even at the best of times? Uh, You've got huge competition. Uh, Those that have the buzz around them uh, and they become trendy for a while survive. Uh, Those that don't have the buzz uh, go to the wall. And even the trendy ones cease to be trendy after a while and they go to the wall. It is that kind of business. Yeah, it is that kind of kind of business. But in fairness, what we're saying and, and we're articulating now is that the government 
provide a lot of support for us during the pandemic. But this VAT increase is really hitting the food-led businesses, not just restaurants, it's pubs that serve food, cafes, etc. That increase of 9 to 13.5% is the huge um, uh, difficulty in terms of the viability of the business. Hmm. Restaurants are low-margin businesses. They were always normally between five and, and, and hang, hang on a second. You know, when you see a bottle of wine that retails in Tesco for seven, and that allows them to have a profit, maybe seven ninety nine or eight ninety nine or something like that, and it's for sale in a restaurant for maybe twenty seven or even thirty thirty two euro, you can't say that's a low margin. Uh, looking at uh, in one of the new trendy spots that opened up, strip loin steak for two people eighty two euro to share. Now, yeah, but that doesn't to, sound yeah. like a low margin business to me. Well, you have to see, you have to, you know, what is that restaurant buying in that strip line for? We've seen huge increase in food. Well, inflation. let them go down yep. to Tesco or Super Value and buy their strip line there if they're if they're paying the kind of money that justifies 82 euro. They're buying it from the wrong place. Well, you, you know, when the restaurant has to has to do a number of things here. They have to pay for their rent. They have to pay their taxes, pay their staff, pay their insurance and all the other costs associated with it. They're not a charity. So whatever the price that they set it at is they're trying to make a margin on that. And what we can see now is there's, let's just say that the consumers are pulling back in terms of the amount of times that are going out because we are in a cost of living crisis mm-hmm. at the moment. And yet you've got outfits like Press of buying all around them, opening up places here, there and yon. Yeah, well, that. They were, you know, they invested in the industry. They were entrepreneurs, essentially, in terms of they saw a gap in the market over the last 15 years and decided to go into the restaurant industry, go into the hotel industry and other parts of the hospitality sector. So, and good luck to them. Uh, and there is businesses out there that will, will, will prosper. But I'm saying very clearly here that you will see a substantial amount of closures. We saw 140 um, restaurants liquidate in in July, mm. August, and September, and we're not even into yeah. you know the the issues around the VAT increase and the minimum okay, wage. Okay, now uh, by the way, I can understand the seasonal nature of businesses outside the capital and outside the urban areas, and it can be very hard for a restaurant uh, maybe to stay open all the time and m- make ends meet. Um, but you know, in the capital, hotels are virtually at full occupancy. Another one, a text, restaurant in Dublin City has a set menu for €36 Euro in December. Practically the same menu as €60. Euro. I understand there are increased costs for owners, but people are not willing to be fleeced. Yeah, well, that's that's the business decision by that restaurant itself. It's far from me to, to tell our industry what they should, what price they should be setting. I'm not allowed to do that under competition law. But, you know, these businesses... I know for a fact that these businesses are doing the best they can under the economic circumstances that they're under at the moment. And some of these um, issues that are hitting them are government-led. And we're saying to the government, this is a labour-intensive industry, unlike other sectors. This is, you know, 270,000 people working in uh, accommodation and food service in Ireland, Uh, nearly 25,000 businesses across the state. They're in every town, village, a community county in Ireland. We are a huge employer and we want and they're the only employer in certain villages and towns in rural Ireland. So it's about making sure that mm. we keep these businesses open and maintain so we have a vibrancy. So, so what and, do you want the government to do? Well they need to uh, go back and look at this 9% VAT rate. I mean the you know we 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 articulated to the government that we're able to 
decoupled the VAT rate from accommodation and food service, but they didn't listen to us and then ploughed on. And mm. now we're the third highest in 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 Europe um, uh, in terms of a VAT rate for 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 hospitality. Yeah. Um, some more text. As a family, we went out at least twice a week. We stopped due to overpriced, poor quality food served by, in most cases, clueless servers. That's from Stephen and Meath. Uh, try and get a restaurant table in Dublin before Christmas. It's absolutely impossible, says Robbie. Now, listen to all of that, Martin Hartsio of the Temple Bar Company. Temple Bar, um, tremors across Temple Bar on Thursday night that it didn't actually extend as far uh, as you guys, but it could have. Yeah, look, we were, I suppose we were very lucky that uh, Temple Bar didn't end up in, in the front line of, of what happened on, on Thursday. Uh, but I do think, look, what happened has happened. Um, I think it's important to get the message out that the city is open, you know, that it is. Uh, and we have to take the, the word of the, the Minister for Justice and, and the guarantee that there are adequate and more than adequate resources. Have you seen a difference in the policing in Temple Bar? Hugely. Well, look, I mean, we have a fantastic relationship with the Guardian and Peer Street under Superintendent Dermot McKenna down there, uh, you know, and, and we, you know, we, we always, I think, have had a good level of policing over the last couple of days, uh, over the last, since Thursday, that's obviously dramatically increased. Um, but it's getting that message out there and it's, it's reassuring people that the, those resources are there and I know that on Friday within a couple of hours of the day starting we had a meeting with the superintendent and the businesses to, 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 to reassure people to open to get out there and to come back into the city and I do think that's really really important Pat and I like, really appreciate the opportunity this morning to, to come in and, and talk about these type of issues because there's, there's a lot of misinformation out there, particularly on social media. So while this riot uh, or, or, or behaviour happened on, on the streets of Dublin, uh, you know, it, it, it was recorded and broadcast on, on social media and, and that has had a massive impact. I was in mm. my local corner shop in North County, Dublin uh, on, on Sunday and, and the guy there was saying, well, look, you know, he's of Indian origin, he, he's afraid to come into town. And I was saying, well, don't be afraid to come into town. And, and these, these messages are circulating on groups. People are talking to each other. Don't come in. I, I heard it uh, just at the start of your programme there in, in relation to another programme. Dublin is safe. And, and look, we're, we're a very multicultural and a proud multicultural city. I mean, uh, that's the glue that keeps you see, the See, one together. of the things we hear about is uh, the staffing crisis. You often see ads and the, the windows of cafes and so on looking for uh, serving staff. What percentage of the staff, which is peopling hospitality, is non-Irish? I, I would say specifically in the city centre, you're probably looking at about 80%. 80%. I would have thought. Um, I mean, look, I don't have hard and fast facts. I'm going to give you anecdotal information. But the vast majority of people who and work what, in And what kind of countries do they come from? I mean, because if, for example, they were from Eastern Europe, skin colour might not be an issue for people. They might pass through Dublin City without being terrorised by yobs. However, if skin colour is an issue, then they're maybe easily discernible. Even if they're native-born Dubliners, they will be targeted by the yobs because of their skin colour. Absolutely. I mean, that's around... I don't think that's happening in any great scale and I hope that it isn't. Um, but I think there is a fear that that, that that could happen and I think that's why it's important for businesses particularly and there's a lot of large, you know, multinational uh, industries in Dublin with, with large uh, multinational staffs to, to encourage people to come into the city, to give them uh, good information. I think this is a, a real opportunity for all of the statutory agencies and other, others in the city to get that information out there that the city is open and I know the City Council have done doing some great work in this regard as well and, and, and come back in. Now's the time to stick together not to be you know prodding into the cracks of yeah. you know, now, bottom air. Have you there. already seen a recovery in Temple Bar? Yeah look on, on, on Thursday night uh, things obviously you know hit the fan so to speak but that came back pretty quickly. On Friday, Friday was, was, was look if you were in the city on Friday it was kind of a devastating day to be in the city there was a kind of a, a terrible uh, a feeling Friday night bookings were, were really really poor 
on Saturday they came back, they were still down about 40 to 50%. On Sunday they were down about 20 to 30%. And look, it's our understanding that that they're starting to, to, to kick back up. I know we have lots of happening in the city centre from the likes of the, the markets in Temple Bar or the, the markets on Henry Street or Moore Street. You have, you know, winter lights. You have lots of different things happening in the city. We have Tradfest coming up in January. And are the police evident, the Gardaí, on the streets? I mean, absolutely. at every corner, can you see yeah, no, a guard? Absolutely. The, 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 the visibility is huge. We had a meeting with, uh, I know, as I said, I mentioned, we, we met with Superintendent McKenna. That was, he was addressing the businesses, but all of the business groups in the city met with Chief Superintendent McManaman and, and he gave an undertaking that, you know, there would be substantial numbers on the streets and there are I mean there are and, that, and that's great and look whatever it takes to keep those numbers there will you know I think the Minister for Justice has given an undertaking that that would be the case the Garda Commissioner said he doesn't need any more resources so I don't think we need to, to think about that anymore if they're on the street that's great and look we certainly you know have noticed uh, uh, well we always had a good presence and relationship it's, it's, it's increased and it is safe and, and let's let's get people back in here but let's get the message out there because misinformation is is, 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 a, is, a, is well, a, a weapon out there. At well, the Sarah Madden, our reporter, spoke to people on the streets of Dublin yesterday about how they feel about restaurants and dining in Dublin city centre. Have a listen. To be honest, I was. I was meant to come up to work on Friday and my girls at home said to me, no, Daddy, you're not allowed to go to work because they saw it on the news. So I work with the press up group as well. So I know from talking to some of them that a lot of the bookings have been cancelled because of it. Yeah, um, I think it definitely does have an impact. I think particularly on the north side, just seeing there's another stabbing over on Talbot Street last night but I know a lot of my friends have said that they wouldn't particularly as women yeah just come into town on their own and um, be comfortable going home after dark on their own I know I think my mum going doing her shopping in Arnott's every year I really hope she's not going to do that this year even though we love Arnott's and everything but I just oh yeah I think it does impact how safe you feel definitely my friend's boyfriend who's like a mixed race he was afraid to come out for dinner with her family or go out because he was afraid he'd be targeted the day of the riot uh, we got like some people saying like go back to your country but what my friends and myself think is we don't go to the Henry Street or close to Dublin 1 I mean no I I wouldn't mind coming into the city this year I think the riots were probably just like a spur of everything that has been built up. But Christmas, everyone gets a cherry thing on. So, I don't know, I think it would be okay. It might affect a little bit, but not that much. People are more aware and uh, I think they won't cancel their plans for the Christmas and all because, yeah, it's Christmas. (laughs) I don't allow anything to totally discommode my life if I want to do something. And I feel it's safe. I feel it's a one-off for the moment. I think it's the cost of living that would prevent me from coming in maybe as much. We've all picked restaurants that are not massively expensive, I suppose, or else we'd have like drinks in a friend's house and then go out. The expenditure wouldn't be as much as it was last year, for sure. Like I think we've just decided probably not to do Chris Kindle and things like that. Coming up to Christmas, I'll go out for drinks and stuff, but probably try to avoid buying food because it's just so expensive. Even yeah. drinks are so expensive. Like going out, points are like almost seven euro. Even taxis coming home, it's just like an added 20 euro. And if you don't want to get the bus... So then where will you be having drinks with your friends or going out for meals? Will you be in the suburbs more like? Yeah, suburbs, stay local, pretty much. Keep keep local businesses open and kept going and stuff is probably better than coming into town. Um, it can be bad, so I tend to avoid the city as much as possible. Mm. So what do you think, Martin? Well, look, it's, it's a mixed bag. Again, a lot of it is he said, she said, I heard. And that's this is coming down to this kind of disease on social media where there's, there's lots of misinformation, so I'd encourage businesses, organisations, festivals, uh, to, to get information out there, to, 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 you know, to correct this. Dublin is not an unwelcoming city. 
It was yeah. for a couple of hours. And by last the way, uh, crowds provide their own security. Well, that's the thing. And look, we, we you know we we, hear, we see this over and over again. And uh, you know we notice that footfall is back up. And, and look, it's great to have people back in. There are markets, there are events, there are things happening. Get out and get into Dublin. I know there's lots of initiatives being cooked up by uh, people over the next couple of days. You know, with the city council and the NTA and so on. There's talks about all sorts of issues in relation to transport and other things. And I think the city does need that. It does need a it does need a, a push. I know that uh, the Department of Enterprise were on to us about what supports the businesses would need. I think, in fairness, the, the, the apparatus of the state has reacted very, very quickly and I think very efficiently in relation to what happened. I think they do, yeah. you know, deserve a lot of credit for that. Well, let's hope it's a, a one-off. Uh, Martin Hart, CEO of the Temple Bar Company. Before that, Adrian Cummins, CEO of the Restaurants Association of Ireland and Treasurer of Hotrec, Hotels, Restaurants, Bars and Cafes in uh, Europe. Uh, thank you both very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.